of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hey, I think a lot of us have been surprised by the offseason so far that the Cleveland Guardians have had. We've talked about it leading up to the uh, winter meetings that, hey, they need a first baseman, they need a catcher, and boom, there it is, as John Madden used to say. They went out and they signed a free agent DH slash first baseman and a catcher. And to talk about the moves that they made, let's go to the hotline right now and bring in the outstanding Guardians beat reporter at The Athletic, Zach Meisel, joining us right now. How are you, Zach? Doing pretty well, fellas. How are you? Mm-hmm. We're great, man. Thanks for coming on with us today. And the the Guardians made some noise, Zach. And we're not talking about they they signed this veteran to a minor league deal. They went out and they spent thirty three million dollars. Well, if he plays two seasons on uh, you know uh, Bell, and then they go out and spend six million dollars uh, on Zanino. Uh, your thoughts on the moves that they made? Yeah, I mean, I give them credit for identifying kind of the the areas of need that all of us have also identified. They were pretty obvious to anybody who watched this team last season. And, and they didn't try to just patch a Band-Aid on this stuff. I mean, they went and, like, Josh Bell was a really good hitter and a perfect fit. Zanino, there's a lot there that could happen. He could be great. He could be terrible. Who knows? Um, but they also should be in this position. I mean, they have sort of like the dream scenario for any front office where they have a super young team a super low payroll and yet they made the playoffs and so you're building up and you have the resources at your disposal to fix those deficiencies so i think they've done a good job so far but it's also like i don't want to give them too much credit because there's no reason not to have done what they've done so i'll be curious to see what they do moving forward or if they save anything for mid-season once they figure out exactly what they have Zach, when I look at these two, $6 million to Zanino, it was $4 million last year, I believe, to Hedges. You look at the numbers and whether one guy was healthier than the other, aren't they the same guy? No. I, like, if Zanino at his worst is Hedges. And he was at his okay. worst last year because he had a really significant injury. Okay. But if you look throughout his career, I, I think the one area of concern is just he's not consistent. You know, one season he's Hedges and one season he's okay. Yvonne Rodriguez. Okay. So I mean you All don't right. know what you're gonna get and health is gonna dictate that to a pretty significant extent. But if you just look over the course of their careers, I mean Hedges the last four seasons has been pretty much the worst hitter in baseball. Zanino's not gonna hit for average. He's gonna strike out a ton, but he's had four of the five seasons where he's played hundred games, he's hit twenty or more home runs. So uh, they're like, like if you just looked at last year, yeah, you'd say they're the same player, but okay. that's like Hedges ceiling is basically what he's done last year. That's, that's what he does every year at the plate. Right. And Zanino at least has the potential. I mean, he, two years ago, 2021, he was an all-star. He hit 33 home runs. Um, so uh, if you're the guardians, you're banking on okay. getting some of that and not as much of 
what he did last season. Happy to have with us the outstanding guards beat reporter for the athletic Zach Meisel, follow him on Twitter, at Zach Meisel. Zach, I want to go back to Josh Bell, and I heard the press conference with uh, uh, Josh the other day and talking about the rule changes and how he thinks that will affect him uh, in a positive way. Do you agree uh, with the shift rules and everything like that, not only him but maybe some other guys on the team, that it's going to benefit the Guardians? Yeah, I, I, I worry that we put a little too much stock into it. Like, I don't think Jose Ramirez is going to step up to the plate every time see that there isn't someone playing short right field and then just try to pull a line drive past the second baseman. But like hearing Josh Bell admit that he shied away from pulling the ball and trying to hit it hard to right field because of that tells me that like it is going to have significant dividends for certain players. And part of the reason why he signed the contract he did, which enables him to become a free agent again a year from now if he has a really good 2023 season is because he's not quite sure what his numbers might look like based on those rule changes. So he's he's a, an interesting hitter. I mean, he's not your prototypical power hitter who's going to strike out 200 times. He, he makes a lot of contact. He draws a ton of walks. And he's had seasons where he's hit 17 home runs. He's had seasons where he's hit 37 home runs. And I think Part of that is him trying to figure out exactly who he is. Like last season, before he got traded, he was hitting 300. And he was hitting for a decent amount of power, but not a ton. But he was walking almost as much as he was striking out. And like he realized, hey, I, can, I, can, I don't have to be that big. Just because I'm six foot four, 260 pounds, I don't have to be that prototypical hulking slugger in the middle of the lineup because I can hit for average. I can hit line drives. I can rack up doubles. So... I think he sort of learned some things, and the question is going to be when he sees how the defense is playing him, and it might be easier to find a hole, does he resist the temptation to, to try to swing for the fences and keep doing what was working early last year? I think there's a lot of unknowns there. And the good thing about Bell is because he walks so much and puts the ball in place so much, there's at least a high floor. I don't think you're going to get some horrendous season where you're nervous about him exercising the contract for year two and being a burden on the payroll. Love talking Guardians baseball with Zach Meisel with TheAthletic.com. Kenny and I see eye-to-eye on a lot of players on this team, but one person we don't is center fielder Miles Straw. I want you to break down your thoughts on Miles Straw. I love the fact that you know, you've got speed there, defensive gold glove, but if you wanted to move on from Miles Straw, what could you do? Yeah, he gives you some really valuable elements that every team needs. I mean, obviously, gold glove defender in center field. We saw in the postseason how important that was. Speed on the bases, 21 out of 22 stolen bases last season. Just imagine if he got on base a little bit. <laughs> he could yeah. steal 40 bases. So it's, it's tough. And I think when paired with a black hole at catcher, especially last season, and really at yeah. DH – it magnified it. You know, you can live with one light hitting player in your lineup if that player is giving you something else that's really valuable. Straw does that. But when you're not getting anything at catcher and you're not getting anything at DH, it, I think it, it really hurt the lineup last season. So for him to, to give them what they need out of center field, he doesn't need to hit 300. He doesn't need to, to hit for power, but beyond base percentage has to be higher than 290. And I think that's 
that's the issue. You know, he's a guy who makes a lot of contact. He doesn't strike out much, but you know, it's just it's it's weak ground balls. It's pop ups to right field. It's that kind of stuff that just doesn't help any inning where he's batting. So, you know, I think I think there's a role for him on this team no matter what. But they're going to have to determine. You know, you get into May and June, and he's still not hitting. There are other players on the roster who can play center field. You know, whether it's Stephen Kwan, Will Brennan, whether you go make a trade for an outfielder, they have flexibility there where maybe you can just reduce how many at-bats he's getting and use him as a defensive replacement and a pinch runner. Um, There's still ways to get the most out of his skill set without him having to start 155 games in center field. Zach, as I look at this roster now, okay, um, to me, if I'm penciling guys in for sure, Quan in left, Ramirez at third base, Bell, is he first base or DH? What, what do you think, Josh? Or, I'm sorry, Zach, about Josh Bell? My guess is he and Josh Naylor, just it's a timeshare. Some okay. first base, some DH, <laughs> they can split it. All right, so there's four guys that I have uh, penciled in the lineup for sure. What about Rosario and Jimenez. Did they earn their spot as everyday players on this team moving forward, or is it too early to tell where they still could deal one of those two? I mean, Jimenez finished sixth in the MVP voting, so I and won a gold glove, so right. I think he has. Um, I, Rosario is a weird case. I, I think he does a lot of things well. I mean, he makes a lot of contact. Like, the batting average is there a lot of triples, some home runs and doubles, great uh, base stealer. He never walks, and the defense is fine. It's, it's passable. So the issue for this team is, you know, if they weren't in contention, they would have traded him by now and turned it over to, I mean, you could slide Jimenez over there, play someone else at second base, or they could turn it over to Gabriel Arias or Tyler Freeman. Brian Rocchio is not far off, so... There are all these young players that they have to learn about, but you can't, you don't always have the flexibility to do that when you are trying to win a World Series. So Rosario's got one more year of team control. I don't think they would get much for him in a trade just because of that, because he's bound for free agency in 10 months. So my guess is he'll just play it out for one year and then hit free agency and, you know, they'll turn it over to one of their many middle infield prospects. Zach, let's look at the arms then. Let's look at pitching. Because, you know, if they looked at catcher and they looked at first base and they may feel okay there and the focus was there, and we know Bo Naylor maybe not that far off. What about starting pitchers? Bieber, McKenzie, we know good. Cal Quantrill, pretty decent. What about Zach Plesak and Aaron Savale? You feel comfortable moving forward with those guys? This is my biggest question mark on the roster for 2023. And I think you know, you're comfortable with Bieber and McKenzie at the top. Quantrill is just that solid. He's such a throwback. Like, he's got, like, Dave Burba vibes to him where he's going to eat up a ton of innings, and it's not going to be pretty. But you look at his stat line, and you're like, all right, 330 ERA? How can you argue with that? Um, so I think every rotation can benefit from someone like that. I just I wonder what the ceiling is here. You know, Plesak and Savali have taken their lumps. And behind this group, like, there's a weird timeline going on. They have three prospects who are in, like, the top 
15 starting pitching prospects in the sport. Daniel Espino, Gavin Williams, Tanner Bybee, they're all really good. They have resisted trade offers for all three. They're not going to be ready right away. You could see one or two of them make their debut in 2023, but they're, they're not – you can't lean on them. Like, you're not going to pencil them in to start game three of a playoff series for this coming season. You know, it's, they would have to take a huge leap, and they'll be rookies. And So you're hoping that you can ease them in maybe in 2024 – and by then, maybe you have a better idea of Shane Bieber's future because he only has two years of control remaining. But for 2023, they're going to be relying on this group of, like, I don't want to call it filler, but it's like just like solid prospects, but not guys who could be top-of-the-rotation pitchers. And I, I wonder if they need another top-of-the-rotation pitcher just to go up against some of these playoff teams. I mean, we saw the Astros have three or four guys they could throw at you, even after they lost Justin Verlander, um, who have playoff experience and have, have pitched that team to a World Series. So they're just in a weird spot in the timeline because they have three future possible frontline pitchers, but they're not quite going to be ready this year. So it's going to be like Cody Morris is your next man up. Okay. You know, Xavion Curry, you guys saw Hunter Gaddis for five minutes, and he got shelled. Guys like that who I just, you know, the ceiling is not quite as high. So, like, the rotation's solid, and we've seen moments where Savali and Plesak look like they can be really good pitchers, but you're just relying on a lot of good fortune, I think. Um, that might still be a spot where they look to upgrade come July. Happy to have Zach Meisel on the program with us today, talking Guardians baseball. Check him out at theathletic.com. Zach, with all those pre uh, prospects, there's no chance, with barring injury, we're not going to see 17 rookies make their major league debut next season, will we? I don't think it'll be 17. I don't know where they'd all fit, but you'll probably see a handful. Um, and it's just more than anything. It's, it's a lot of guys who got a taste of it last season who are 23, 24 years old who they're hoping take another step. You know, you saw Will Brennan for the last two weeks of the season. He looked like he can hit. So what can he do? How can he carve out more of a role on this team? We saw Oscar Gonzalez for half a season, and then he was the hero in the playoffs. Well, now the expectations are a little different. What can you do with a starting job over the course of a full season? So you'll, it, it's more just like the next step in the maturation process for a lot of these guys. But there are still a bunch of players who were pretty well-regarded prospects, Arias, Freeman, who – it's difficult to figure out what their role would be on this team because they have so many young players. So it'll be interesting. They, they still are positioned to make a trade, to package a bunch of those young players at some point. I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. We thought it might happen with Sean Murphy, the catcher from Oakland, but that didn't happen. So we'll see. Zach Meisel joining us, talking Guardians baseball. Zach, I want to go back to Oscar Gonzalez. Is he your everyday right fielder now uh, going into camp? Is it his job to lose? That's what Terry Francona indicated at the end of the season. So I think they'll move forward with that. But, boy, you look at his profile and you just have no idea what he could turn into. I mean, you can right. dream about it. He's, he's huge. He has tons of power as we saw, but that guy has never seen a pitch he didn't want to swing at. 
and that can that can get you in trouble. And um, he does make a lot of contact, but he just never draws a walk. And you just wonder, especially in the second year when pitchers know more about him, do they just throw him nothing but junk out of the strike zone and get him to chase at it? He's going to have to make some adjustments. But I think early on in the season, yeah, he'll he'll probably be in the lineup every day. Zach, with the additions of uh, adding Zanuno and Bell, is this a result of revenue they made in the postseason last season, or has David Blitzer finally stepped up? They say neither. Um, hmm. I mean, I think you could just look at it and say, well, this should be the standard, right? I mean, their payroll will, if it stands where it is now, I think it'll be somewhere in the 80s, somewhere between like 85 and 90 maybe. Um, but, like, that's where it should be. I was told a year or two ago that the they can operate between 90 and $110 million depending on what attendance is. And that's also coming from the team, so that's probably softened a little bit too. But, like, it, it, <laughs> there's no reason why they should have entered last season with a payroll in the 60s. Um, so they, they downplay the role David Blitzer has had so far. Uh, it remains to be seen what will come of that. Keep in mind, every major league team recently got or will be getting a $30 million check for the sale of their media wing. So, like, that could play into this, too. But, I mean, like, the Mets are going to have a higher luxury tax bill than the Guardians' entire payroll. So (laughs) I'm not saying they need to spend $400 million on this thing. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's okay. It's going to be okay. If they rate, if they bump it up to 85 million after spending the last couple of years at the bottom of the league. All right. We haven't talked about the bullpen, Zach. We know who the closer is uh, at a bargain price. Emmanuel Classe, right? Saver, closer of the year, reliever of the year, whatever you want to call him. James Karinchek went healthy. Uh, nice setup guy. Uh, the rest of the guys that performed well last year, Mark Shapiro told me this many, many years ago. He said, every year your bullpen is a huge question mark because you just don't know what's going to translate from one year to the next. You hope it's good, but you don't know. So other than Classe and Karinchek, who do you feel good about in that bullpen? It's a great point. Um, I think the key is you just want to have depth because if someone just doesn't have it one year, you need someone who can step in right away. I, it's, it's, you know, the way Stefan and Hentges pitched down the stretch. It's easy to believe in them. You know, Hentges had like the Andrew Miller look three years ago, but just couldn't throw a strike where he wanted, and and the fastball wasn't there. And then you look up, and he's pitching in relief, and he's throwing 97 miles an hour, and he's got a nasty curveball. So he and Stefan, I believe in. But again, I believe in them to an extent. I don't know that I trust any reliever, maybe outside of Classe. Uh, implicitly um but look they had sandlin pitch really well down the stretch and yelled de los santos de los santos pitched really well down the stretch so it's just i don't know how many of these guys will pitch well but it's just quantity you're looking for here you know cody morris could be a guy who if he doesn't help in the rotation could help in the bullpen they'll have eli morgan back there if they want to use him as like a multi-inning guy which is probably best for him. I don't think he should be pitching in the eighth inning of a one-run game because he can give up some home runs, but he did have a nice overall season. So they don't have a lot of triple-A guys like relievers waiting there. I'm curious to see if 
they convert one of these starters into a reliever just because they have so many starters who are ticketed for AAA. And then you know the drill. I mean, this team adds a veteran reliever or two every spring, and someone breaks camp with them. And tell me it's, it's not going to be Brian Ashton. Shaw again. Please tell me it's He's not going to be Brian Shaw again. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be Brian Shaw. But, <laughs> okay. you know, the mold of, like, the Scott Atchison and the Jeff Manship and um, all your favorite relievers who Santos. have gray beards, like, those guys, there's always one who sticks and pitches pretty well. Zach, how are they able, unlike in football, to keep the coaching staff for the most part together? I mean, are we ever going to see Sandy Alomar as a manager of another team, or is he just the manager-in-waiting of the Cleveland Guardians? It's a good question. I, I, you know, I don't think he has – I don't want to speak for him, but I, I've gotten the sense, and he said some things that make me think that maybe that itch to be a major league manager isn't isn't bugging him as much as it was maybe – five to 10 years ago. Um, and part of that is just because he was a finalist for a few jobs and, and didn't get it. Um, and I think it was, you know, that, that can hurt that sticks with you. And then it just kind of kills your momentum. Um, and, and you're seeing managers get hired younger and younger now too, which probably doesn't help his case, but yeah, they, they've, you know, they've lost some key members, especially of the pitching side, because every team wants to just copy what they're doing in developing pitchers. Uh, I think there's three teams right now, like the Yankees, Royals, and Padres all hired people from their organization and made them their new pitching coach in the last couple of years. So they've had to fill some spots, but it's just something with this organization, and I think it probably starts with the fact that Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff have stuck around for 20-plus years, that there is continuity, and they know what they're doing year to year, and they don't have to, to reinvent the wheel. Um and, you know, to a certain degree, it works. So I think people want to stick around and be a part of that. All right. How much longer is Tito going to stick around? If we don't know what Sandy uh, wants for the future, what about Tito? How many more years do you think he stays as the manager of the Cleveland Guardians? Yeah, I think if you would have asked me in, like, June, I would have said zero. Um, but now, you know, he's he's with it. Like, he's he's just in such a better place and like looks healthier than he did a couple of years ago. You know, I just saw him at the winter meetings last week and he's got that Arizona tan back and he's golfing. He just golfed at Pebble beach. So like he's, he's doing pretty well. And I think that the team's run there reinvigorated him a little bit. Um, otherwise I don't know that he would have been back. And so I think it, it, what, what I struggle with is, you know, this is such a young team that, is set up to be a winning team for at least a couple of years. So it's hard for me to say like, okay, well, if they get to like the ALCS this year and lose, they're just going to retire. Like why wouldn't you want to, wouldn't you want to come back the next day and start that mission for the next season? So it's hard to predict health, but I think just in terms of where he's at mentally right now, um, I would say maybe not another two, three years. All right, with that in mind, because of the young talent, winning the division last year, winning a playoff uh, series, right, and getting that experience, it's all good. But now you're not playing the Royals 19 times. You're not playing the Tigers 19 times, right? So I think the schedule's going to get tougher, and you won't benefit from that as much. With that in mind, are they still the best team in the division going into next season, or did other teams in the division uh, close the gap with some moves made uh, in the offseason? 
pretty strange because Cleveland is the only team that's doing anything in free agency. I mean, the White Sox signed Mike Clevenger, but they also lost their heart and soul, Jose Abreu. Uh, the Twins just lost Carlos Correa, and they instead signed a backup catcher for $30 million. Uh, so it, it's, I think the gap on paper has widened. I do think the White Sox, you know, they'll have some positive regression just in terms of health. I think the rotation could be better. But, like, this is still the Guardians division to lose, maybe, you know, even more profoundly than you would have thought two months ago. And, yes, the schedule will be tougher. You play every single team. You're not going to just get to beat up on the cupcakes in your division, but there will still be cupcakes in the division, and that will help their cause. And I think just knowing what they accomplished last year and having that foundation to build upon should help them. But, you know, they're, they still have a lot of young players who are in prove-it mode. And until Oscar Gonzalez does that, and even like Stephen Kwan and Andres Jimenez to an extent, just to prove that that first really good year wasn't a fluke, you, know, you there are still going to be skeptics, and you still have something to prove. All right. A yes or no answer on this, and I'll let you go, Zach. I, I just thought of it, but I'll – were they at all close on uh, Murphy, the catcher from the A's in a trade? Yes or no? Uh, at varying times over the last five months, yes. I'll leave it at that. All right. Sounds good. Hey, Zach, great stuff. Keep up the fantastic work. We'll talk again soon. Have a great holiday, all right? Same to you guys. Take care. Zach Meisel, outstanding Guardians beat reporter for The Athletic, breaking it down for you here on the Kenny and JT Show. We'll sprinkle the infield next.